Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hi, Johnny. Hello, my love. So this week we were doing something entirely different as a break from your JDP slash Mountain Ball slash Lewis essay series. Yes. Yeah. But for starters, this past Monday, we featured a recurring guest to the program and a person who you interviewed earlier this summer, Raymond Maholland. Right. And he read his essay, We Are Our Parents' Children. Right. I think it's a very good essay on the nature of the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And perhaps a welcome diversion from the heaviness of this series. Yeah, that's for sure. So since you took a break from your series for Ray's essay, we thought we'd take a break here on No Compromise. Over the past two years, we've been tossing around an idea. We have. Mm -hmm. And after you memorized The Raven, Annabelle Lee, The Bells, and those were all poems by Edgar Allan Poe, you and I started talking about the correlations amongst all three, where they kind of flowed together into one another, and we realized we could make one production out of them. Right. And you put it together. Well, we pieced them together to, together together. We pieced well, you them together. put it together originally, and then together we kind of put our heads right. in one place and tried to put things in such a way as to maximize the quality of the interrelationship between these three poems. Right, right. Kind of like a puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and today we'd like to present our finished puzzle. Yes, today we would like to present to you mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, interspersed with his two poems, The Bells and Annabelle Lee. Right. Oh, and also a disclaimer, uh, we are not sound engineers, John and I. <laughs> so. If you listen and it sounds kind of cheap or rough, <laughs> technologically <laughs> inadequate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you did actually quite an amazing job with the sound effects. And I think I did a pretty good job with the editing. And yeah. together, I think we did a pretty good for, job with the... For 50-year-olds. Yeah, for 50-year-olds. <laughs> in, in an advanced world. So, yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of proud of what we put together right. here in such a short time. Right. So a note to our listeners, as you listen to this, remember that there are two names being used here for Poe's love or the mm -hmm. narrator's love. In the poem Annabelle Lee, it is, of course, Annabelle Lee. And in the poem The Raven, it is Lenore. Both of these women reflect the loss that Poe himself experienced. He married his first cousin, Virginia Clem, when she was 13 and he was 27. Hmm. And they lived together for about 10 years before she died of tuberculosis. So the story is at some level autobiographical, although not strictly so. Lastly, if you would like us to do this mm -hmm. for you, that is certainly a possibility. For your you, establishment, like if right. you have a B&B, &B, some sort of venue. Right. I was going to say it's much better visually than it is. <laughs> audio, an audio Audiology. Version. Audiologically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to book us, you can go on to wisewordsforyouroccasion.org. Wise wordpress.com or email jandjwisewords at gmail.com. Right. And if you have our phone number, I guess you could call us too if you're desperate. <laughs> so 
Yeah, there are many ways to get a hold of us, and we'd love to do it for you um, at a reasonable price. The purpose here is to support the ministry, ultimately. Right. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. We'll see you next week. Thank you for all your work on this this week, my love. I adore you. Thank you, too, Johnny, and I love you. But I just want to give a warning. If you're feeling sad right now, you probably should turn this off because these three palms are not going to make you feel any better. So if you're going through about a depression, don't listen to this. Yes, Edgar Allan Poe is not the most uplifting of characters. Right. But if you're feeling melancholy and you want to continue that feeling, you're in the right listening. place. Right. So, and we'd love to hear your feedback as well. You know, comment or contact us. And then next week, we plan to return to The Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton to discuss the introduction to his book. Right. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So without further babbling, we present our compilation of The Raven, Annabelle Lee, and The Bells, all by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary... While I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, it was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived, whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. <gasps> Hear the sledges with the bells? Silver bells! <gasps> what a world of merriment their melody foretells! How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night! While the stars that oversprinkle all the heavens seem to twinkle with a crystalline delight. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the tintinabulation that so musically wells from the bells, 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 bells from the jingling and, and the, the tinkling of the bells. bells. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child, and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love. I and my Annabel Lee with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted, her and me. Hear the mellow wedding bells. Golden bells, what a world of happiness their harmony foretells. Through the balmy air of night, how they ring out their delight. From the molten golden notes, and, and all, all in tune. tune. <laughs> What a liquid ditty floats to the turtle dove that listens while she gloats on the moon. <laughs> oh, from out the sounding cells, what a gush of euphony voluminously wells. How it swells. How it dwells on the future. How it tells of the rapture that impels. To the swinging and the ringing of the bells. Bells, bells, 
of the bells, 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 to the rhyming and the chiming of the bells. But we loved with a love that was more than love. I and my Annabelle Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. This was the reason that long ago in this kingdom, by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee. Hear the loud alarm bells, brazen bells. What tale of terror now their turbulency tells. In the startled ear of night, how they scream out their affright. Too much horrified to speak, they can only shriek, shriek out of tune. In a clamorous appealing to the mercy of the fire in a mad expostulation with the deaf and frantic fire, leaping higher, higher, higher with a desperate desire and a resolute endeavor now, now to sit or never by the side of the pale-faced moon. Oh, the bells, 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 what a tale their terror tells of despair. They clang and clash and roar. What a horror they outpour on the bosom of the palpitating air. And the ear, it fully knows, by the twanging and the clanging, how the danger ebbs and flows. Yet the ear distinctly tells, in the jangling and the wrangling, how the danger sinks and swells by the sinking or the swelling in the anger of the bells, of the bells, of the bells, 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 in the clamor and the clangor of the bells. So that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulchre in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know in this kingdom by the sea, the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee. Hear the tolling of the bells. Iron bells. What a world of solemn thought their monody compels in the silence of the night. How we shiver with affright at the melancholy menace of their tone. For every sound that floats from the rust within their throats is a groan. 
and the people. Ah, the people. They that dwell up in the steeple. All alone. And who tolling, tolling, tolling. In that muffled monotone. Feel a glory in so rolling. On the human heart, a stone. They are neither man nor woman. They're neither brute. Nor human. They are ghouls. And their king it is who tolls. And he rolls, rolls, rolls. A paean from the bells. And his merry bosom swells with the paean of the bells. And he dances and he yells. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the paean of the bells. Of the bells. Keeping time, time, time in a sort of runic rhyme to the throbbing of the bells. Of the bells, 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 to the sobbing of the bells. Keeping time. Time, time, as he knells, knells, knells. In a happy runic rhyme, to the rolling of the bells. Of the bells, bells, bells. To the tolling of the bells. Of the bells, bells, bells. Bells, 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 to the moaning and the groaning of the bells. While I nodded, nearly napping, Suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me. Filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more." Presently my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer, "'Sir,' said I, "'or madam,' Truly, your forgiveness, I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, 
wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marveled, this ungainly fowl, to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore till the dirges of his hope 
that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining, with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above, nor the demons down under the sea, can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling my life and my bride in her sepulchre there by the sea in her tomb by the sounding sea
quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend! I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming rose his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted. Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember... You can have your religious cake and eat it, too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.